Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football Podcast. Uh, we are sponsored by Bet Online, and we're part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bill Wagner, longtime Navy football beat writer with both the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun newspapers. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, former Navy football greats, both played in the National Football League. And uh, while we're on that topic, fellas, are in a Navy football in the NFL ranks got thinned a little bit because Malcolm got waived by the New England Patriots today. It was a tough situation. Coach Belichick picked him up after the Dolphins cut him at the end of training camp, but he's been on injured reserve his entire time with the Patriots. And so they finally cut him loose. So sorry to hear that, see that happen. Hopefully Malcolm can connect with another team. Um, East Carolina here. Uh, Navy needs to get a win, fellas. It's uh, homecoming. It's senior day. Navy needs to beat East Carolina, beat Temple, beat Army, finish strong. That would be a five and six season. It would be considered, a, uh, a, you know, to me, it would be a success because you'd uh, finish strong against some opponents. And we know Navy's been playing an incredibly tough schedule. In fact, Coach Nehemiah texted me something today that, Based off opponents' records to date, Navy has played the toughest. You did it. Yeah, Eric is putting up the number one, and that is correct. Navy yeah. has played the toughest schedule in the country, tougher than any other. Alabama, you name it, Navy's played the toughest schedule. I did notice that Army is ranked something like uh, 58th, and Air Force is like 64. So no, that no, is I, new. I looked at I think they're I think they're way high. I think it's like ninety and like like seventy or something like that. Their their schedules are cupcakes compared to ours. Right, actually, here at Nia, Coach Nehemiah, because I said uh, when he showed me that, I said I don't see Army in the top thirty. He goes, Army is eighty three, Air yeah. Force is ninety four. So yeah, wow. yeah, and I saw it too. I, it was immediately I saw one. It was on Twitter. I, I, I scrolled up. I'm like, where's Army Air Force? And it took me forever to scroll. Yeah, you have to scroll way down to find their school. Like, 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 some school in Texas is like the last or something like that. Right. Well, and I counted up. Navy is now currently eight opponents that Navy's played are already bowl eligible. Two others, Tulsa and Memphis, are on the cusp of bowl eligibility. So good chance that Navy could have 11 of 12 opponents, I believe, be bowl eligible. The only one that really has not got a chance is Temple. But that's why I believe you can finish strong. And I'll start with East Carolina. Navy 7-1 against East Carolina. Uh, they, for some reason, always beat East Carolina. Last year, it was one of only three wins at East Carolina. Ken, I seem to recall that you may have been part of a whooping down in Greenville when Navy rolled up like 60-some points. Do you remember that, Keenan? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, my freshman year. Um. That was the first game I really scored like multiple touchdowns. Like they were, we were, we, I think we were, I can't remember the context, but I don't think we were like on a winning. I don't, I think we had maybe just lost or something like that. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, that was a fun game to play because we, everybody scored in that game. Uh, <laughs> so that was always, that was a good time. And in my senior year, um, we put up a lot of points too, 42, I think. So, I mean, traditionally, I know like when Ricky was there, they scored like hung 70 on them or something like something wild. So, I mean, traditionally we've had these guys number and uh, you know, 
it's, they had the bye week. You had, you know, an extra week for guys to get healthy, get the, you know, banged up, you know, you bumped your knee, you got a shoulder, you got a whatever, got an ankle, you had two weeks to really get it, get it together. So hopefully we come out with, with some explosiveness, with some energy, last three games, toughest schedule in the country. Um, we knew it was tough, but I didn't know it was that tough. I mean, that's that's actually saying something pretty well. You could come out of this schedule um, with a five and seven record. Um, one went away from a bowl game. And if you look at, you know, some of the games we've lost where we've been had an opportunity to win, that goes a different direction. You know, you come out of the, the top the top uh, schedule with, with, with a bowl eligible uh, record. I mean, that's that would have been astounding. But I mean, even even at five and seven. With how young this team is, with the injury they've had, I think it's something that is something, you know, it's not – you always want to win. You want to go to the bowl game. So I wouldn't say be proud of, but you have nothing to hang your hat on if you can finish strong, uh, knowing you, you could have – you've played potentially a team that's going to be in the the playoff uh, to really two teams that, could, that have a shot at the playoff. I mean, Notre Dame's a little longer shot, but nonetheless, they still have a shot depending on what happens. So, um didn't realize that. I appreciate you telling me that, especially in comparison to the – I mean, we all knew Army plays cupcakes. Um, they've been doing that for 20 years, so that's nothing new. Um, and so they got their six wins, but I would be curious to see how many how many of their wins came against uh, uh, FCS teams. And so – Eric, well, your thoughts? Can Navy finish strong? Can Navy win three in a row to close out the season and finish five and seven? Well, ECU, you know, they just got their, their bull berth, you know, against Memphis. You know, it was, it was an overtime win, and, you know, we had a hard time with Memphis, a real hard time with Memphis. And then, you know, ECU also beat Marshall. You know, we, we know how that ended up. And But the weird part is we beat um, UCF, and they lost UCF. So it's kind of like one of those, like, matches, like, like who's – you know, who shows up this day. And the thing about – you know, Navy football, that always happens. And, you know, I could talk about when I played, we played Temple on senior day. And we were down like, like 21 points or 28 points in the fourth quarter. We came back and uh, like Clint Sobey had a strip sack or strip fumble, then took it to the house, uh, you know, and put us back in the game. And then, you know, Ricky Dobbs, that was kind of his like coming out party um, that game as well. So I think, you know, with, the leadership that we have on the team and you know coach Neiman always talking about how these these seniors are gonna be leaders. I think these guys will show up on senior night and you know hopefully you know beat ECU and then you know carry that forward to uh you know to, uh, to the rest of the season you know because we you know as Kansas said earlier like five and six sounds a lot better with two wins. You know two wins is is not good for you know one recruiting and you know the whole organization and just moving forward to the next season, you know, to kind of kind of those building blocks you want to build on because the CIC trophy's done, um, American Conference, you know, that, that's done as well. So you know, you know, we, we need the you know, we, we need these next three wins. Well, two wins following a season of three wins, and frankly, there would have to be some staff changes. Um, we can talk about that at a later date, but uh, there's no way that every single coach gets brought back after two seasons of five and whatever that would be, twenty-two. Um, so real quickly, we'll talk about East Carolina. They've got a veteran quarterback in Holton Ehlers. He's a third-year starter, played a lot of games over the span of four years, actually became a starter as a freshman, started five games, and then has been the starter since his sophomore season. A lot of experience in the system, good player. 
big kid, lefty, um, can run and throw. He's a, a dual threat, uh, extends plays when, uh, when pass plays. He can roll out and extend plays, make things happen with his feet. Uh, <laughs> ECU's got two good running backs. Uh, Raji Harris last year was the American Confer- Athletic Conference Rookie of the Year after having a very good freshman season. And he's gotten jumped by this guy, Keaton Mitchell, who's actually the son of a former Baltimore Raven. His father was a special team standout on the 2000 Ravens Super Bowl team. So he's got almost 1,000 yards. So I was talking to Coach Newberry on his Zoom presser this week, and he said, got to stop the run first and foremost. That's what starts it all. And he said when East, East Carolina runs the ball effectively, they usually win. The games they've lost have been the games in which they did not run the ball effectively. The Holden Aylers quarterback did not play against Davey last year. He missed that game due to COVID protocols. In fact, I remember being down there in Greenville in pregame. It was rumor that he wasn't going to be able to play. And then sure enough, he didn't post. And it was because of COVID, you know, contact tracing or something. So Navy, you know, he's back and he's going to play. And so they, they've got a potent offense. They've won four straight, six of their last eight. As Eric mentioned, they've got bowl eligible, beat Memphis on its home field of the Liberty Bowl. And we know Memphis beat Navy. Another team that East Carolina beat is Marshall, who beat Navy. Now, on the flip side, Navy beat Central Florida, and Central Florida beat East Carolina. So, Eric, uh, are we worried about East Carolina? Can Or do you see Navy on senior day at home at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium getting the job done? Uh, I'm worried about every team with this season. You know, um, as you know, we talked on our podcast before, it's – and Keenan talked about it, it's, you know, which offense is going to show up. Keenan, the defense, you know, every game has, 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 you know, proved themselves and been, been stout, but the offense is kind of that – you know, not that – you know, saying bad about the you know the quarterback and the situation around, but it's kind of you know, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? You know, what's going on? Is, is a fullback going to show up that day? You know, is is the play calls going to show up that day? Um, so it's you know, it, it's it's a tough situation that the, the program's in, and even it's a tough situation with the podcast. You know, like what like what do we talk about? You know, what if we're winning all the time? You know, things are moving on. We're talking about bowl games. We're talking about commander chief throw. We're talking about all these different aspects of it. So it's like it's a tough paradigm that, you know, the coaching staff is in, like you said, Bill, earlier, like, are they, if, if they win these next games, you know, will the whole staff stay, you know, if they lose these next three games, you know, as college football and, and the NFL, it's, it's a business, right? It's an entertainment business. Um, you know, if you don't produce, you know, a lot of times that you're out and, you know, I've been cut a ton of times, Keenan, you know, you've been released a ton of times and you know, Malcolm like this, you know, we're all in situations that, you know, you have to, if you do get cut or you don't, you, Things happen, you lose, you got to pivot to the, you know, the right direction where, you know, the flow goes. Well, so yeah. Ty Lavatai, who did suffer an injury against Notre Dame late in the first half, he suffered an injury and it turned out it was kind of a stinger. He's going to go. I was out of practice today. He was running first team offense. So I think Ty's going to play. Keenan, what's it's your tough. thoughts on this East Carolina game? That gets tough. Um, yeah, I mean. Obviously, Red Hot team, you guys have talked about uh, some of the teams that they've beaten that we've lost to. Uh, the one that kind of stands out to me is uh, the the Marshall game. But you really have to be careful, like, making comparisons of who beat who and we beat them and they beat them and we lost to them. Like, because every week you got to show up. And so as it relates to, like, them beating Marshall, what Marshall team showed up, you know? 
um, as it relates to them losing to Central Florida. You know, what Central Florida team showed up in Annapolis when we beat them. So you really can't put too, too much stock. It's always fun to speculate, you know, kind of as a bit of a, a barometer of where you are in the competition, looking at who they played and how they played. Um, it's really going to come out to the offense. You know, I was looking at the scores and I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, did we have a, we had a defensive touchdown against Cincinnati, correct? Or was it special teams? Yeah, I think that was Central Florida when Diego had a scoop and score. I think that was uh, Cincinnati. Was that a, the special teams where they had a a block kick and for a, a touchdown? Or well, I'd have to go back and look, e- Keenan. Either way, I'm looking at the last four games, and you got 17, 20, 17, 6. So we haven't even eclipsed 21 points. Um, we've only eclipsed it twice this season. Um, one and a loss, one and a win. Uh, well, we scored 34. So we're going to have to score points. You know, we're going to have to at least get 24 points to win this week. I think 24 is what's going to take. And what 24 symbolizes is we've sustained drives. Like we don't have six straight three and outs. Uh, we don't wait until the last two minutes of the first half to get our first down. Um, these are all things that are going to be really important and a, a real determiner of success on the on the weekend. I think the defense will continue to play the way they've been playing um, pretty much the entire season, barring uh, the Marshall game. I think they'll continue to play the way they've been playing, but the, the key is going to be, can we sustain drives? And I mean, we, you know, to your point, Eric, we losing. It's like, man, what do we, what do we talk about this week? What, what do we do this week? Uh, you know, the coaches are having those same thoughts, right? Uh, you know, what do we call this week? Who do we play this week? So, Totally agree with you there. Um, and no, then also – They'd be in their shoes. Not, not, yeah. not at all right now. No. And then you know, with, the, with the year last year with COVID and everything else that happened, yeah. tough situation. Well, and, and to your point, Bill, uh, I think the reality is uh, even with five wins, I don't think – I think we see some changes personnel-wise. Um, I'm never going to be an advocate for anyone to lose their job because I've been the one <laughs> to lose his job. And these, this is how people, you know, feed their families and provide. So I think people that are like fans that are advocating for such and such to be fired or at least I think you got to kind of take a step, have real families and people that they care about. So and, and football is football, you know what I'm saying? But nobody comes to your job and say, hey, your spreadsheet don't look good enough. They need to get rid of you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> that's the best part of the bad day at the office. You know, you, you, you lose an order, you know, bad customer service. You know, it's not going to be on Twitter and it's not going to be on the ESPN. So. Right. Now, granted, that's just that's just reality of the game that we play and we love. You know what I'm saying? Right. It is what it is. That's why that's they why pay I, so well. That's why, get, that's why they get paid well, right? You yeah. know, like, that's it. Criticism is a spotlight they're in. So. Yeah, no doubt. But nonetheless, you know, obviously not advocating for anyone to lose a job. Love the staff, love what they do. I know they're more than capable, but I just, just based on what we saw, I mean, dating back to the Air Force week, I think it's inevitable something will change. I just have no idea what that something will be. Well, you mentioned you think 24 points. I, I go a little higher than that, Keenan, to be honest with you. I mean, this team scored 42 points against Marshall. They scored 52 points against Tulane, um, 45 against Temple, 30 against Memphis. I think Navy's going to need to be up in the 30 range. And to me, that's why I said on our Sing Second Sports podcast, 
to me, the, these last three games are a, a, to tell me what the offense is going to do. I, the defense has played well enough to win. They've held good teams like Cincinnati, Houston, others to a low number, a winnable number. And as you mentioned, the offense hadn't gotten a job done. And I think they're averaging whatever it is, under 20 points a game. To me, this is a referendum on the offense. These last three games, I want to see the offense get it together and put some points on the board. Let's sustain drives and not just two of them like we've been seeing in a game, but like how about like four or five of them? That's what I want to see. Now, real quick, we'll talk about our sponsor, um, Chris Favello, on this other podcast we were discussing. is a little down in the mouth about Navy and uh, does not think – he, I don't think he's betting Navy to cover East Carolina. And which, what is it, four-point favorite ECU, Chris? Yeah, it's everywhere from uh, three-and-a-half to five. M- most are, are around four, four-and-a-half. Uh, and you're right. I, I, I don't think that Navy is able to, uh, to even get close to that. I, I think you're going to see ECU win by more than four points. Chris, what's the, uh, what's the over-under? Like 48? 46-and-a-half. Uh, pretty much everybody is is centered on that. Um, I think that's probably a little bit more real, realistic. East Carolina has put up a lot of points. Um, I, I do think you'll see a better to to all the things that you guys have said. I do think you'll see Navy score more that you know that they've had the buy and 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 all of the you know um, all of the progress that they that they made. But I I in the end I, I think this team the ECU team is uh, is too good for what we have right now. So Chris is going on Bet Online and he's going to bet East Carolina to cover. The number, and uh, we'll talk about Bet Online, our sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of ba- basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five O to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And fellas, coming out of this, our sponsor, Reed, we've got Frank Shank has joined us. He is our alumni spotlight, and of course, the alumni spotlight is sponsored by New Day USA, our friend Tom Lynch, who's a part of the Navy Football Brotherhood. He is a, a big executive with New Day USA, and we appreciate New Day USA's sponsorship. They are uh, sp- helping current active duty and retired veterans with home loans and other lending. Um, Frank Shank. Our producer, Chris Savello, once said on a podcast that one of his favorite Navy football moments was when you kicked the game-winning field goal against Army. Chris, is that true? Do I remember that correctly? I would say the three most important people to me in Navy football are Roger Staubach, Keenan Reynolds, and Frank Shank. Eric, you would be number four. Wow, Eric got dropped oh. down. The- oh, my <laughs> hey, Chris, Chris, I thought we were supposed to be this weekend. I'm kind of, I'm kind of busy, dude. Kind of busy. Yeah. <laughs> now, Frank is oh, – Frank, I call Frank the godfather. So he's man, oh, that, that's putting me in pretty elite company. 
Frank, so yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about your Navy football career? Kind of tell us how you end up at Navy and what it was like during your time there. And obviously that game-winning kick against Army was obviously the highlight of your career. But just kind of tell us about your days at the Naval Academy. We, we know you graduated top 2% and uh, were always a leader in the hall and wonderful midshipman. Uh, kind of tell us about your days at Navy uh, and at the Academy and as a Navy football player. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I grew up in South Florida and, you know, didn't necessarily get any big D1 offers. Um, some of the Florida schools wanted me to walk on some of the Ivies, but, you know, Navy called me and went up for my recruiting visit and just, you know, fell in love with the school, what it was all about. Um, city of Annapolis and all that. So, um, yeah, great time at the academy, great experiences um, on the field. Um, you know, ha had up and down four years there. Actually started as a freshman and then did not have such a great first four games. And, you know, took me a year and a half to, to get back on the field. Um, kicked my junior and senior years. And obviously, yeah, the, you know, end of my junior year, the Army Navy game definitely highlighted my career. And, um, you know, once in a lifetime experience there. Um, just recently, Mrs. Lingle, the, uh, you know, athletic director's wife at the time, she, she ran into me about a year ago and said, Frank, I just had to close my eyes during that kick. And, and I replied to her and said, well, that makes two of us. So, um, you know. <laughs> well, what, what remind us, walk us through how that's set up. I, I, I know I've read the story a million times, but let's hear it in your eyes, how it all transpired. Well, you know, I, none of, all of my teammates will quickly remind you about the Delaware game that was, the game prior to the army Navy game, we lost 10 to nine and I was three for four on field goals that day and missed a chip shot, 28 yarder or whatever to win the game there at the end. And, you know, fast forward to two weeks later, now we're, you know, we're up in the Meadowlands and just, you know, very close game defense at the end of the game made a great stop. And then the offense just sort of went on this methodical drive down the field, obviously led by Alton Grizzard. And he, he was a true stud that day. And Mike Burns running up the field, the O-line, you know, a lot of huge plays on that last drive, a, a massive fourth down and in inches where Grizz is, you know, leaning, leaning the ball over the line. So just – as we're getting closer and closer, I'm just getting this feeling like, all right, I got to get ready. I got to sort of get my mind right of, you know, what went wrong at Delaware two weeks prior and, and how to sort of get ready to run on the field and, and, and sort of put the game on ice. And it just sort of played out like that and uh, kind of true from, you know, goat goat to hero sort of in, in, in two weeks there of, you know, the lowest of lows and the highest of highs within two weeks. And, uh, you know, obviously just a, a great memory. Well, they all remember the late great Alden Grizzard and he was 
one of the finest quarterbacks in Navy football history and God bless him and lost his life way too early for stupidest reason I've ever heard. But uh, yeah. that's and actually, our, you know, our class of 91 has lost three while serving and, you know, Scott Zellum, Tony Domino and Alton. So, you know, we're class of 91, you know, uh, there's not too many that, you know, classes that have lost three on active duty um, serving, you know, since maybe some of the World War II classes. Well, I, uh, if you Google Frank Shank, one of the first things that comes up is this wonderful picture of him looking so sharp in his uniform. Captain Frank Shank, director of Center for Applied Strategic Learning in D.C. Frank, why don't you just quickly summarize your naval career and you reached a high. Now, I believe you, Captain, was your final ranking. You retired at the Captain rank? Correct. Um, yeah, I, I spent the first couple of years uh, in, in the surface Navy. And then I transferred over to meteorology and oceanography, did 24 years in the Navy, retired as a captain. Just great experience living, living all around the world and, and doing the great things we do, serving our country. And then about six years ago, as I'm, as I'm getting ready to retire, yeah, I'm doing the interview thing, doing the resume thing. And I run into Chet Moeller at a Navy lacrosse tailgater. And he asked me what I'm up to. Have I retired yet? Have I found a job? And, and told him I was still in process. And he walks in the lacrosse game, links up with his best friend, another football player named Dave Paypack, both class of 76. And Dave's in the software industry looking for someone to work for him, work in his Navy account at a, at a software company in sales. And Chet Moeller looks at Dave and says, I, I just ran into Frank Shank in the parking lot. He's retiring. I, I think you just found your guy. And one thing leads to another. And, you know, Next thing you know, I'm working for Dave Paypack at, at a software company named Autodesk, and I'm still in the software sales world six weeks later, and just kind of another, another linkage of obviously academy guys helping academy guys, and and also football guys helping football guys. So you know, kind of you know, interesting how the network helped me transition out of the Navy into software sales. So obviously, as a captain, that means that our three Naval Academy graduates on this pod, Eric Catani, Keenan Reynolds, and Chris Savello all must salute you, I believe. Um, <laughs> so obviously, Frank, we've gotten to know him better since he became highly involved and is pretty much the leader of the Navy Football Brotherhood, which is doing great things. And I recently wrote a story about former slot back John Vereen, who had a tornado come through his Alabama neighborhood and ripped the roof off his house and do, caused considerable damage. And Navy Football Brotherhood was there with funds to help him rebuild. Talked to John, who went to Severn School here in my area of Anne Arundel County, Annapolis area. John's a great guy, and he was so thankful for the support and love of the Navy Football Brotherhood. Within a day or so of his uh, his uh, tornado ripping through his house, there was Navy Football Brotherhood boys on the ground, boots on the ground there to help. And then I wrote recently about Tyler Tidwell, who's uh, got ALS. He's going through a hard time. And uh, the Navy Football Brotherhood 
has you, Frank, I'm going to let you tell the story of what the football brotherhood has done for Tyler Tidwell. Yeah, it, it's, you know, great things we're doing, but, you know, obviously we all feel for, for Tyler and his family, but um, yeah, we, we put out the call of, you know, one of the, one of our brothers needs help and, and everyone sort of responded in, in it accordingly. Um, interesting. The way that panned out is linked up with Tom Mannion who runs the Travis Mannion foundation or, or formed that Tom ultimately linked us with tunnels to towers foundation. And one thing led to another, you know, we come up with 65,000 Travis Mannion foundation comes up with 35 tunnel for towers kicks in 400 and you know about four months ago the tidwells had their you know near four hundred thousand dollar mortgage paid in full and tunnels to towers also did a hundred thousand dollars of smart improvements to the tidwell house so again they were just floored when all of this came together and it was just sort of the Brotherhood organization working with those other two organizations to sort of get it done. And, you know, obviously we're, we're still doing other things for Tyler. The Brotherhood is still paying for some, some nursing care that he gets weekly and, and, and some other things that we've bought in him throughout the last uh, year or so. So, you and know, you also it, contributed it, to his kids uh, scholarship fund, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, helping in any way we can. You know, the Brotherhood organization has been around for this fall is actually 10 years, you know, starting from, you know, kind of grassroots, uh, a handful of us getting together at Rips Country Inn in, in December of 2011. And, and now we're sort of 1900 strong. We have a, an organizational structure in place 1900 members. We have a transition committee helping guys get jobs after they re, you know, transition out of the military. We have an Our Fallen Brothers committee that sort of look after or, or try to pull in the families of members that have passed on active duty. Um, you know, we have a 140 season tickets in the south end zone there and that all former players share from that ticket pool. And it's just a, it's great. Just the organization, the way we look to support each other as former football players. And then we also look to figure out how we can help the football program, you know, working with Abra Lynch and the foundation, as well as coach Niamat and, and Chet, the AD. So it's kind of a, you know, how do we help the program? And then how do we help ourselves as former players? Well, I can tell you there's no football alumni from any school in this country, and I'll include Air Force and Army, that's doing more for their brotherhood. And Keenan and Eric are part of that brotherhood. Fellas, jump right in and tell us your thoughts on what the Navy football brotherhood led by Frank Shank is doing. Yeah, it's uh... – I mean, the Brotherhood, the Alumni Network is the reason um, where I am, where I am today as far as like my job. Um, I heard Frank talk about how he kind of got into software sales. Like my experience was very similar. Um, you always meet different people throughout throughout the Brotherhood and throughout really just the Alumni Network too that are extremely willing to help 
when they hear, you know, oh, I'm transitioning or, oh, I'm, you know, looking for this or that. All you have to, once they find out you're an academy grad, it's, you know, all bets are off. We're, we're, we're trying to find a way to, to help you. So it's real. Um, it's probably the greatest thing uh, about being from the academy is just all the connections and people that you meet that are all, that all went through the same process as you did. So super fortunate to, to be a part of that. Frank and I talk, uh, we've talked a bunch lately about, you know, different projects that, you know, Frank has in place. Uh, are we allowed to talk about the project, Frank, at all, or, or no? In in draft format, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, well, besides that, the project that Frank and the brother are, are working with, um, it's just nice that, you know, when you come back to a game, that you know where to go. You know, in the past, when I was playing, we didn't have that brotherhood area, the whole designated area and stuff, so it's kind of like, you know, the, the families of the seniors or, you know, different classes or, or sponsor families that had, you know, setups available. But now it's just nice. You know, you go to the game. I know exactly what time to show up. I know what, what to bring. I know who's – like, you know, you see that RSV, who's going to be there. You kind of, like, you know, reconnect with those guys. And it's, it's so nice that you don't need to walk around the whole stadium. And then it's even better that, you know, Frank has a full setup with, you know, all those seats, 140 seats are in the same area. So everybody gets connect, you know. And then the nice part of Kina says is, you know, having that – Naval Academy connection, it's just, it's invaluable, the networking that comes with it. A lot of people that go to universities, um, they do, you know, network, you know, but usually their network comes after they, you know, graduate and then they get their MBA. You know, people want that MBA, you know, it is great business school, but more importantly for that network, the community, Warden, Harvard, Stanford that they get. But, you know, I believe the Naval Academy and you know, the service academies, you know, bring that phenomenal network that, uh, you know, spans around the entire nation. You know, and Bill, the the other nice, you know, the great thing is as the Brotherhood organization has evolved, I mean, again, we started from kind of nothing and, you know, now we're a 501c3 nonprofit and, and a lot of other people are contributing in the organization. Yes, I mean, my name tends to get thrown around a lot, but if it was just me, it 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 wouldn't be much bigger than it was in the beginning, you know, and it's other people getting involved, running these committees, getting involved in the organization and um, everybody wanting sort of it to grow and be a success. That's the real key behind the growth over the last 10 years. Well, I'll really quickly, uh, Frank uh, and the brotherhood have uh, that, a cool new uh, vehicle that they use for the uh, tailgates. Frank, remind me how you picked that thing up because I, I was driving to a game and saw that. I think it was actually during lacrosse season. I'm like, yo, look at the Brotherhood. They got it going on with that new little vehicle. That is the most incredible story um, of how that came about. So, again, just Brotherhood Connections, Vice Admiral Curtis – class of, again, 76, um, reaches out to me and says, hey, Frank, can you accept a donation of a, of a tailgating vehicle? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he said, well, I have some friends from the Franklin College in Indianapolis that, that are looking to donate, the, donate a vehicle and they need a, a charity to accept it. So um, I get pictures of it or, you know, and their colors are blue and gold and they're, they're the Grizzlies. So when, 
Tony Bennett and I, a class of 83 guy, flew to Indianapolis to drive it back to Annapolis. And we get there. And in all caps on each door is G-R-I-Z. And the first time I look at this thing, the, the hair on my arms and back of my neck stick up. And I just sort of look at the sky and, and obviously think of Alton Grizzard because his nickname was Grizz. And I, I truly believe that the whole thing came about and, and it was sort of a message from Grizz saying, hey, brotherhood, here's this vehicle. And, and it, everything just fell into place from there. And it, it's just it's crazy the way things get come together at times. And, and that's how it happened. And, that and that's why, so cool. you know, we had it rewrapped with, you know, our logo and, and stuff on it. And that's why we left. It got covered, but we left Grizz on the door because that's how we got it. And, and, you know, we and then we expanded it a bit, say, honoring Grizz and our fallen brothers, because we we have a program where we try to recognize and remember all former football players that have passed on active duty, reserve duty, or midshipman status. So, um, you know, it, it's something we do as an organization to try to remember those that, that passed while serving. Well, Frank, the Navy Football Brotherhood is doing incredible work. Um, just so proud of you and the whole organization. And I know you don't want to take credit. It's a lot of guys. And these guys are digging into their wallets and putting up serious money to help others. And I, I, again, there's no other football program in the entire nation whose alums are doing what this organization does. They, you know, somebody from the brotherhood needs help. We're there. It did no questions asked. What do you need? I'm writing a check. So really, really appreciate having you on Frank. You're the best. Uh, Keenan, Eric, any final thoughts? We need a win. We need a yes. win. And Frank, cool. I will see you there uh, Saturday, and I'll bring uh, my normal my normal stuff. So we're good right. to go. Yeah, look, looking forward to it. And Bill, I don't know if you've ever been over to the Brotherhood Tailgater, but you are more than welcome to uh, come and 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 see what it's all about. The 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 Navy Goats park down with us, and you know, come on over to Gate Five and and Taylor Avenue and check it out. I might need to do that because. Um... I could soon be a down-and-out journalist in need of help from the Navy Football Brotherhood. I might be your next charity project helping Bill Wagner. He's not really a Navy football alum, but he's covered the program for a long time, so we got to help Bill. So <laughs> We'll figure out a way to get it done. All right. Thanks a lot, Frank. We appreciate you joining us on the uh, Alumni Spotlight sponsored by New Day USA. All right. Appreciate it, Bill. Good seeing you, Keenan and Eric. You too. Hey, Frank, see you, Bill. See you, Chris. All right. See ya. Let's take this out, fellas. Three games left. Navy's got to win them all, in my opinion. Got to finish strong. Show that this program can get it together. They had a bye week to get organized, give some guys some rest. Now we had some bad news. Kevin Brennan, starting safety, co-defensive captain, out for the season. He's uh, had shoulder surgery, separated shoulder that was really bad. And he's done. So the hits keep coming. Um, there have been a lot of injuries this year. I tell you what, it's just crazy how the season's added up. It, we talked about the strength of schedule and how tough it's been. 
and there's been injuries and this and that. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Got to win. So, Keenan, last thoughts before we take it out. Yeah, these uh, these injuries, not really like anything new. It's kind of been the story of the year. Uh, I think all, I think the, the secondary, a lot of young players have gotten really good experience, albeit trial by fire. Um, and so I, I don't think, you know, moving forward, they'll, they'll be able to handle the task at hand. It's really just going to come down to offensively. Can we sustain drives? Like, can we please like, you know, let's make some big plays. We've been saying it every week, every week, every week, every podcast say the same stuff. But I mean, the formula again, as I've always said, hasn't changed. So really I'm challenging the offense to, to put something together. You had two weeks, you got three games left. This is about the senior day. It's about who you are as men. You know what I'm saying? Show me who you are. That's what I want to see this weekend. Well, real quick, before we finish, uh, Eric mentioned his senior day game. I went back and looked. Keenan Reynolds scored four touchdowns against SMU in his senior day game. Uh, one thing I did want to mention on this pod is that Navy has won 17 straight senior game days in front of a crowd. They lost last year to Tulsa, but there was no one there. Uh, parents weren't even allowed to walk onto the field with their senior players. Um, they were in the stands. That was the only people in the stands last year were the senior players, parents, and family. Very, very small crowd. But when there's been a full house at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, Navy's won 17 straight senior days. Navy doesn't lose on senior day. And in, it's the classic image is that seniors take a group picture at midfield of Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, and then they run into the locker room one by one, single file, and get showered with water as the underclassmen chant and whoop it up. And that's what we want to see on Saturday. Keenan, what do you remember about your senior day? Yeah, actually, uh, my senior day was the day that I was able to get that uh, elusive career touchdown record um, that took me like four games to get. Um, but, you know, it was a it was a big win for us coming off of I think the big thing for us was we, we were coming off that that uh, upset at Memphis. And the, the thing that we talked about was not having a let down on senior day playing against a, 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 a pretty bad SMU team at the time. So we were able to get the win, take the picture. Um, I think I only lost in four years. I only lost one game at Navy Marine Corps, and that was San Jose my freshman year. Didn't even play that game. But other than that, like my class, we didn't lose a game other than than that year. So it was it was really big for us to to go undefeated as seniors um, in our senior season at home and continue the momentum that we had. One thing that that every senior day I remember Coach Nehemiah does is he always has a senior stand up like in the pregame, uh, like the night before. And he always has them just kind of talk about their experience, talk about, you know, advice they want to give underclassmen. So like for, you know, for three years straight, I hear all these, these, these older guys stand up, you know, Keegan Wetzel, uh, you know, OB, uh, Noah, you know, Parrish, all these guys standing up, giving their advice, Bo Snelson. And you, you kind of internalize that. And then it just kind of creates a little, it, it deepens the bond, I guess you could say, because you realize, you know, these guys are, it's their last hurrah at Navy Marine Corps. We want to send them out on top. So I think everybody kind of comes together um, and, and performs, you know, kind of has outer body experiences. So I think going into this game, I, I'm sure that Coach Neymar will have the same kind of setup. And I, I think the guys will respond well when they 
hear the seniors kind of just talk about what it's meant for them. Um, you know, they've definitely been through some tough times, but they've also seen the pinnacle of success, you know, um, going to Liberty Bowl, being 11 and two, you know, winning the CIC. So they've seen a little bit of everything. So they have a unique perspective to give some of the underclassmen who may only know one or, or one thing or, you know, haven't had the depth of experience. No, I agree, Ken. And that's what my message is to Chris Cervello. He might want to think about Navy dominates East Carolina. They're seven and one against East Carolina. They don't lose to East Carolina. And it's senior day. They don't lose on senior day. You might want to think about your bet online pick because I think Navy's going to win. I think Navy's going to get it done on senior day. I really do. So uh, for Keenan Reynolds and Eric Catani, for Chris Cervello, and thank you, Frank Shank, for joining us for the New Day USA Alumni Spotlight. It was an outstanding interview with Frank. Uh, thank you for listening to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football podcast. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.